What's going on, everybody? I'm Joshua. And I'm Isaiah. And we would like to thank you for listening to the Reasonably Prepared Podcast. A preparedness resource for the complete beginner. Look, we are here to help you on your preparedness journey without the paranoia, fear, and doomsday often associated with preparedness. If you find our podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a comment letting us know. But now, on with the show. Welcome back. Welcome back again. Welcome back. So, oh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Every time I think about it now, I'm just laughing. We we uh, went to report, record this podcast, and we realized that we pressed play on the camera mm-hmm. without pressing mm-hmm. play on the recording device. So, we had a, like a long conversation. What are your thoughts on maybe uh, putting it in black and white and having some piano behind it and just do a silent movie? We could, hey, <laughs> people have hey. to read our lips. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a mystery science theater 3000 to it, you know? I don't know what we're going to do with, with like 40 minutes worth of audio list footage uh, at this point. <laughs> so, so embarrassed because I looked down at the at the um, recorder and I was like, hey, how come this isn't doing anything? Oh, no. Yeah. We had, so we had the kind of conversation that actually changed the world. Right. You know, we're, it was like a spark in a bottle, you know? Right. All right, so welcome back to Reason to Be Prepared. As always, I'm Joshua. Who are you to the right of me? Isaiah. And who are you to the left of me? My name is Brett. What's Thanks going, for having me. What's going on, Brett? Oh, what is course. going on, Isaiah? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, you know what? I think we're all doing pretty good. We we, we had rock-solid conversation that all needs to be re-recorded, and we need to repeat everything we just talked about. Which I know the listener doesn't really care. Well, I mean, I shorthanded everything with pencil and paper, so I think we're in good hands. Right. Uh, one of the benefits to what, what this episode is, this episode has no real structure notes. Um, we know how difficult and challenging it is when you're brand new to prepping, right? Brand new to prepping, and um, you're out there reading articles and reading books and searching YouTube and doing all of the... So overwhelming. Eh, just super overwhelming. Right. So. Uh, Brett um, is just starting in his preparedness journey and had lots of questions or at least wanted to have conversation. Didn't even know what questions to ask. So I'm like, well, bro, why don't you just come on the podcast and we'll start talking about um, your preps, what you're thinking, what you're going through, where to start, where to begin, and and, and to give a very basic, basic starting point, right? Because you and I, Isaiah and I both know that, and Brett, through talking with him, um, a lot there are lots of group, like, prepper gurus right there's I, a lot and i like them a lot we we i i watch them and they there are a lot of times they believe they're dumbing it down quote unquote or they're giving it in simple terms and but they make some subconscious assumptions that you know the rest of us already know what say edc means or when we say just you know buy a you know go get a ferro rod and start a fire or whatever it is um, that other people are like, well, what the heck is a yeah? It's a ferro rod. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, like I don't know. I watched the show alone, so that's where I learned about. Oh, nice. what okay. a great show! That is a great show. Even my wife likes it. It is a spectacular. Okay, of all of the survival shows, there are only two that I. We enjoyed. were just talking about this last weekend, Joshua. Just because we were watching alone together. Yes, we were. There are only Season two seven. that I endorse. One is Survivor Man. What a great show! And the other one is. Uh, uh, alone. alone yeah the other one is alone it's the real deal it's so legit there are some things that we talked about that i still don't like um uh, about the idea um no not about the idea but you, okay here's something the we structure just, of the show yeah the structure of the show yeah. i think it's a spectacular show um it's 
it does it, it doesn't get any more raw and authentic. Than it's like that. they say it's a survivalist Super Bowl or the right. Olympics, right? But survivalist. But what I don't like about it, the one thing I everyone go watch alone. If you want to go down the survivalist bushcrafting path, go watch alone, and it'll at least get you familiar with what's what. But here's what I don't like about it. Um, I've been in scenarios where I was in the woods and stuck in the woods, right? What they do is they drop them off and they can't move. They, they're only allowed within this, this I think it's footprint. like a, yeah, this one footprint, five mile radius or whatever it is, five mile. And in reality, in a, in a, in for the rest of us, if I'm finding that the resources are really terrible in the, in right where I am, I'm moving, right? I've had to do 100%. it 100%. And that you know. happens in the show, but they can't move, right? They right, but they can't move. move. They can only move a certain distance, which is usually still within the spectrum of what they can see. What is it like? Ten miles? Or I think it's five I think square it's miles. As, yeah, at the most five miles. Yeah, it, and which actually, when you're trying to survive, isn't. Th- I mean, it, it, you can find paradise in five square miles, and you can find the worst right. re- resources within five square miles. And it, you know, in areas, let's say doomsday scenario where you're in a plane crash or you're you're stuck in the woods or something happens, you do have the availability to try and hike out. Now, some people might try to hike out and get themselves in worse scenario. But if you're surviving somewhere and you've realized the resources are low, most of us are going to pick up and go to a more resource-rich area. But uh, barring that... Great show. Spectacular show. So good. They tried to even it out with that by... What do they do? Pick cards or something before the show starts? You get this, they get that. Yeah, right. and, and the areas they pick on paper have all the same things. You know, there's water resource, and then there's, you know, on paper they kind of are very similar. Um, but that doesn't always necessarily mean – I mean, you might be at the, the base of a peninsula where at the other side of the peninsula all the fish are, right? So right, right. It does make it challenging in that way. But So what we want to talk about today is something Isaiah and I always want to talk about, and that is where to begin, where to start, what do we do? Um there's so much information out there, and we were just talking a little bit ago about the idea of there's kind of two prepper worlds or avenues to walk down. One is the emergency preparedness, and then right. the other one is the survivalist kind of doomsday preparedness. And I, they're both valuable, and they should they should overlap a little bit. Where you know real world scenarios of storms and and you know flood and power outages should also uh, coincide with having an understanding of if you're forced to live in the woods because what if your car breaks down on a journey or you're in a plane crash which has happened to people and you're forced to survive in the woods and go hike out and try to find um, help or get saved your ability to do that is there um, or, or into the extreme areas of the dollar collapses and the government's collapse which you know I think it's going to happen one day just a matter of when that's right. my tinfoil hat opinion <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Which, okay, it it is it is definitely Joshua possible. told me to take my tinfoil hat before <laughs> off before we got on. Yeah, here, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine it, never comes off. I'm sorry. Never, <laughs> mine never comes off. Um, it is possible because we've seen it happen throughout history, and we've seen it happen even in recent history. So, right. like, like it, it is. It's not that it isn't possible. It's just, I mean, yes, we do live in Western culture, and Western culture, I would say, you know, is a little bit stronger. But it's all, you know, it, it's still a delicate system. It's all relative. And and so we wanted to bring Brett on here because he started asking us questions. We're like, hey, bro, why don't we just start having a conversation? Because he was just saying, you were just saying, you don't even know what questions to ask. Right. You know, and where we start in the conversation is we do start the conversation with the emergency preparedness side of things, specifically threats that are pertinent and actual in your area, where you live. 
you know, we live in Waco, Texas, Central Texas, where we are we are subject to tornadoes, possible hurricane if it makes it past where Houston, you live. Right. Yes. Where our main concern is is hurricanes. Right. So we lived in uh, Northern California for a long time, where fire is a very very real, eminent, all the time, every day, every minute concern. Multiple, multiple fires. Yeah. Every day concern. Um, so you 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 do want to look at. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to start always. We're going to start people out with what is the most acute, real, actionable um, emergency that you have in your area? Because I tell people this. This is a quote that I stumbled over last time, but is you can't prepare for everything. You just can't do it. We can't prepare for every single scenario, but we can prepare for anything. Okay. And by that, I mean, if you cover basic bases beyond those basic bases you then decide your own level of involvement in the prepper world how far you want to go with it okay how how far down the rabbit hole you want to go if you want to go to sometimes we call like extreme prepper doomsday scenario people um or just emergency preparedness for the area and form a community team you get to decide that but if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs right um, or even just what the human body needs. We're, I, that's where I begin. Always, always begin there. I think that's smart. First thing you need is air. Second thing you need is water. Then you need food. Then you need to be taken care of and comforts basically in shelter. Those are your four basic. Now, earlier when we weren't recording the audio, <laughs> I want to add this. Where does protection, where does arms fit into that? I'm putting that in the fourth category of protection uh you mean firearms and protecting right. your family so you need to be physically safe and secure is number four that means shelter you know from the weather from the elements and being able to protect yourself i kind of put in the same thing i know there's a tier up from that as maslow's hierarchy of needs but in the basics you know now any of these if you feel your needs are met with water and medical or water and food then by all means just jump straight to firearms so we get this a lot i get this all the time when asking, man, where do I begin? I just don't know where to start. Should I go buy a bunch of guns and should I be buying property right now? And so then, let me tell you where yeah, I, I, I tried to begin. My first thought, total ignorance, never prepared for anything, was my first thought was land. Let me get some remote land that I could run away to. Right. And do you have... That was my first... I didn't do that. I didn't make right. that step. Thankfully, well, I don't we've, know. Because we've talked about that before. Oh, of course. Yeah. Financially, I didn't yeah. pull it off, but that's not the first step, right? It's not. The, well, consider. All right. Awesome. You you live in a suburban house right now, mm-hmm. which is like anybody else would or in a city or, or we all do, right? And we're like, well, I'm going to go buy a chunk of land. Okay. Awesome. What are you going to do when you get there? No idea. Yeah. Uh, I got how, some seeds. How are you going to get there? The seeds are going <laughs> to sprout overnight and give me food, right? <laughs> how are you going to get there? <laughs> drive I, I, you're gonna, gonna drive, drive. And, and if the if you can't go get gas well i'm pretty stuck then yeah so cause you don't even have any gas to get there right uh, how much how much water and food do you have for the trip well if if i did that as my first step i had nothing okay and if you get to the property how much water and food do you have to sustain any amount of time there i was hoping to buy some land that either had a creek through it or had a well but awesome have you ever drawn water from a creek on a regular basis and purified it or boiled it before never in my life so and i'm not i don't say this to burst the bubble but there are other there there are better ways to start the process and to start the journey for sure it's because it's starting from a place of pure ignorance like don't even know the questions asked don't don't know the thoughts to think like 
oh, I got, you know, if things go really crazy, I don't want to be in the city. That's where I started from. I want to get out. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Okay, let's. Okay, so. But then barring, I'm just sitting there with a piece of dirt and no food, no water, no, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. You're, you're actually worse. You're, you're worse off, right? Because at <laughs> yeah. least. In, so and no community. Let's, let's, for the sake of discussion right now, we're going to bar complete economic and civil collapse. Right. Although the last 18 months has proved that that's not. I mean, that's far that's, off. It's yeah. happened in a couple local areas. We've had civil unrest. The election was nonsense. COVID has been a cluster you-know-what as far as whatever anybody believes about it. Obviously, we're on we're on a similar side of the camp. But regardless of what side of the alley you're on, it still was handled bizarrely. And no one really knew what to do about it, right? And so, barring civil collapse, raw situations, shit has fan situations, barring that. And starting with... Okay, what if my power goes out? The same principles apply to what if my power goes out to if the power's out for a long time. There's still a starting point, and the starting point is the same for both of those. But the if my power goes out or if there's a storm is a way more practical, easier way to think wrap your brain around and start. Okay, so we all we just don't, don't air, water, you know, food, and then and shelter. shelter and comfort and physical right, um, and, and and so. All of us, generally speaking, unless we're in a war-torn area, have clean air. Right. It's not something any of us really worry about at all, ever. Right. Really, ever. I mean, there's some instances that, you know, uh, like the Saharan dust storms that seem to come every year now, uh, where it's a little bit tougher, but still, I mean, it's... As long as you're in your home. Right. And Fire in Northern California and the Northwest, all through there, sucks. But if you're in your home, but generally... 99.9% 99.9% of the time, air, we have clean air breathe. And it's something you can't really do much about anyway, right? There are the some air things, you have is the air you have. The air you have. I mean, unless we're talking about full face, you know, right. positive displacement respirators, unless we're talking about isolating the entire inside of your house because of chemical warfare, which we're not even talking about that yet. Agent Orange. Any of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because, once again, none of us are there, but we have tangible, real things that we can prepare for now to get our feet wet and to get our to get the ball rolling so the next thing is gonna be water so i've taken some steps there that's what i want to know i want to know what you've taken what your what your water situation looks like because you go three minutes without air but we just discussed that you go three days without water but dehydration depending on the scenario can actually set in within hours right okay um, and then you can't think clearly even before you're dead exactly you, you right. lose your brain right depending on your physical makeup three weeks three weeks without food okay and then um and then of course the elements can kill you shelter protection water uh, you know weather bears bears exactly which very real when i took you hunting oh yeah (laughs) right um and so let's start there we're gonna start with what we always start with what is your water situation yeah so thankfully i i told this story earlier but I lived overseas for five and a half years and we had this situation where we lost electricity, we lost uh, water um, all at the same time. And I I learned very, very quickly that going without electricity wasn't a problem for us. We still got the daylight, we got candles, it, it wasn't a problem. We can't charge our cell phone, who cares, you know, we're living just fine. But without water, things got hairy really, really, really fast. I'm talking like 12 hours, and we it was not good. 24 hours, it was really not good. Of no water? Of no water. Really, really bad. Like 
you can't you can't do without water. Can't do without water. And most most of us in our daily lives consume more water than we ever even understand that we consume. Do you want a graphic detail of why no water was, is a bad thing? I'd love yeah, because it's a reality. So. When you have no water, you can't flush your toilets. And when you don't have water for a couple of days, you're going on top in the toilet on top of your spouse or your kids. And it's it's not good. It's not good. You can't flush your toilets. Mm-hmm. You can't wash your body. Wash your clothes. Can't wash your clothes. Can't wash your dishes. You can't. Can't make soup. Can't make soup. You can't drink from the Literally. tap. But then even worse than that, what happens when everybody else doesn't have water at the same time as exactly. you? Exactly. They all go to the store and buy whatever is there. So and the water is gone in the first day. Um, I that's mean, huge. So, and then that, what? And then you're just totally screwed. You're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. In, 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 in elevated, stressful situations, water is one of the first things to leave, if not the first thing to leave the shelf. We know this in Hurricane Tornado. You know this from having lived overseas and dealt with that. Um, Tell the story again. Tell the story, which you already did on your on your prepper, like the uh-huh. episode we did with you on your your personal journey. But when we were in that holiday and the realization, yeah. just how fast water leaves the shelf. Yeah. So we're standing there in in the store, and you know, I'm Joshua asked me a question. Well, you know, what what happens if you know there's no water? I said, well, you know, I just go to the store and and buy some water. You know, I mean, gosh. That's that's what I used to do. It's just always the, done. Yeah, just go to the store, buy some water, and I'm good. But uh, Joshua then asked me this question that kind of changed my outlook on everything. Is just you know, say you know we're without water, and how much water is on this shelf? You know, and just the people that are in this store right now, how much water would be left in say an hour? Yeah, I think it was like one of those. Uh, Let's see who's in eye shot. Count them up. Yeah. And if they each bought, I, the one saying, if they each bought five gallons, how much water would be left on the shelf? So we counted it. Right. And so uh, quickly found out there would be little to probably none left, you know. And so that really got me thinking that wow, you know, uh, yeah. this is per- this could be a bad situation. Uh huh. And for a lot, so really quickly. Here's something else in line with it's not just water, but it's a bigger picture that a lot of n- newbies will say. And I don't want to be disrespectful, but people who are new to the game or, or just realizing, well, I, I, I don't, you know, the the philosophy we talk about is to be less dependent on the system and be a bit more independent because the system, as we're finding out, although awesome, when it works well and when everything's basically going fine, is great, uh, is also pretty easily disruptable we have what's called a just-in-time supply chain so we go back to the water scenario of it being in the store i now said all right so now all the people that we can see have just cleaned the water off he's like well yeah they got water in the back we'll just restock the shelf absolutely awesome sounds good they don't have any more back there than another round basically because they're basically keeping a uh, averaging out to three days worth of Supply chain, which because- blew my mind because, you know, I, I really didn't think about that. You know, you don't think about the behind the scenes kind of thing of a grocery store. It's just, you know, you go to their grocery store and it's always there. It's so always there. You think it's, it's, it's an unlimited supply in the back, right? No, they get that every couple of days as as a. You know, as a re- and they of course they've got algorithms and computer programs that help them ebb and flow what stays on the shelf and what sells slower and faster. But on an average, it's about three days worth of anything in 
the store. And if everybody goes there all at once to buy it, it's gone in an hour or two. Yeah. Because, you know, back to that example of buying five, if every person bought five gallons, but in that scenario, people are not going to buy five gallons, right? No. They're going to buy, they're going to freak out and buy all the toilet paper like they did and buy all the water that they did. Yeah. And then the store's having to, you know, limit the resource that you're allowed to purchase. And then in reality, you're only buying two gallons, right? Yeah. If they even can get on top of it that quickly. Yeah, and two gallons is not a lot of water. No. It's not a lot of water at all. Water at all. So um, tell me then, what are, how can, what are you doing for, what have you done so far for water so that we can kind of help organize and restructure for you maybe a first step? What, what so far do you have knowing in your mind, knowing in your soul, like water is devastatingly important. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, just to go back to that, I just, just want to say I learned from that experience overseas that water is number, number, number one, and I will never, ever forget that. And so I really don't worry about electricity too much. You know, it's kind of lower down the pole, but water, number one. What I have now, kind of my thinking was, well, my first thought went to water storage, but then I'm looking at the water storage. I'm talking to a buddy who lives overseas also, and he has like 500-gallon tanks in his on his farm. I don't have a farm. I have a house in the suburbs. I have right. a backyard that's not even fenced in. And I don't, we don't have an HOA, but most people have HOAs. It would be a huge eyesore if I put a thousand dollar, 500 gallon, you know, tank in the back, that's not going to work. So my next thought after that was, well, I live in an area where there's a lot of lakes, rivers, creeks, and that's kind of unlimited. So if I can get some type of filtration system where I can take it from those natural sources, I've almost got like the best of both worlds where I've got clean water to drink. Plus I've got an unlimited source. And so what I did was I bought different uh, filters that work from natural sources. And I also bought different storage containers. So I bought these, uh, I always say life straws cause that's the most well known. Yeah, there's one. Sawyer and life straw, the two popular ones, but you said there's a third that you purchased. Yeah. I want to say mine, I got it on Amazon. It was called Member Solutions or some Membranes. I don't know. But mm -hmm. it's four straws where you put it in the water and you can just drink it, suck really hard, and it filters it through. So I got those. Those could fit like in backpacks for all my family members. Mm -hmm. I also got um, a this hand pump. I think the, what was the name of it? Survivor Filter Pro or something like that. And it was like 50 or 60 bucks. Wasn't too bad. And it, mm -hmm. and I have a reverse osmosis in my house. I like to drink clean water. I don't like the chemicalized city water. And so this thing is basically like a mini RO system, reverse osmosis system with three filters. And you can pump it, pump like a gallon out into whatever storage container you have, uh, filtered water from any stream or whatever it is that, that you're filtering from. So I so I got that and, you know, I got some extra filters for it too. That'll last me several thousand gallons. Um, and then I bought, um, also bought a Berkey. So like this, my those thought, are awesome. My thought was yeah. if we're living in the woods for an extended period of time, the Berkey, I can just pour the water in from the river or the lake or whatever. Swamp water in a Berkey and it'll give you clean drinking water. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. so that, that was my thought. That's a long-term survival. So I've got that. And then I've got all these, I've got a five gallon collapsible water storage container it's plastic i got that on amazon too and you can so that could fit in a backpack super light and then you just pull it open and you can pour five gallons in it carry it around mm -hmm. i also got a heavy duty coleman um kind of like a gas can thick plastic uh water five gallon water storage like a jerry container. can style 
I don't know what a jerry can oh, is. Okay, see that's, <laughs> see that's what I'm saying. A lot of these preppers and, and YouTube channels will say, "Oh yeah, just you know, you get yourself a jerry can." And then I got it. So there are specific style. They're like those rectangle styles that go on. Like you see them on the backs of jeeps, and you know, probably uh, something yeah. like that. It's yeah. a yeah, it's like a rectangular shape yeah. with mm-hmm. a big handle at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's jerry so can. But so that's I what got it. that. And then I also got two five gallon of like at the office water tank gallon jugs. And my thought was, well, that would kind of be my storage. After I filter it, I can fill up those two five gallon things and we'll store the clean water in there. And like the Coleman five gallon, that can just be like the, the raw, dirty water. Um, and so yeah, that's non, what I've got now. Non-potable water, right, is what you're thinking. Exactly. So that's, that's what I've got right now. So right now you've got water filtration and means to store some water somehow. That's right. So my question is, how are you getting to your water? How far away is your water? I have no idea. How far, how, are you driving or hiking? I'm, uh, I'm is, thinking is there, I'm is, driving. Is there gas in your car or not? Because we've been out of power and you can't go fill up your car. I'm thinking I'm driving. That's, I guess. And so you're, you're leaving your, your wife, your family, several times a day to go fill up water in these and then bring them back to the house. Yeah, I got my big storage containers in the back of my car. I'm going there. I'm filling them up and I'm bringing them back. But we can't drive on the roads because a tornado just ripped through and we're, we're kind of isolated and being asked to stay in our homes or a tornado came through or there was flooding. Well, if there's flooding, maybe I can use my filters in that flooded water. Ooh, possibly. <laughs> You're Berkey, yeah, you could. Yeah. You're Berkey, you could. Um, the point I'm getting at is uh, what what water do you have to get to your destination and and collect water? I got nothing. Yeah. I, so what I'm saying is if you have means of storing water, means of filtering, but you don't have any water to drink now if the power goes out, because if the power goes out, the municipalities aren't aren't cleaning your water for you and a lot of times they'll have a boil policy but they won't even be able to get it out to you in time and you could be drinking contaminated water or a water main will burst and you have no water pressure and you can't get it in the interim how much physical water do you have stored at your house i got nothing so you that means you don't have water my next level that i want to do is an expensive it's it's an expensive step but i want to do i want to get a 300 gallon vertical storage tank in my garage but i don't have that now so i yeah my answer is i i i got nothing you don't have any water so consider (laughs) so those things are good things and once again when you go look at prepper stuff and you're researching and you're reading the books those are cool things the gadgets are cool they're sexy they make you feel like you're doing something they make you feel like you're having fun doing something but then the power actually goes out, the water stops running, and you can't actually walk your family the six miles to the to the pond you're you're thinking of because you have a baby mm-hmm. and a small child and your wife doesn't want to hike all the way out no. to you know, the three mi- one mile. Could yeah, even be one, one mile, mile. You know. Um in inclement weather. You can't leave the house because a storm is raging. I'm very thirsty. Right, you're very thirsty. Mm-hmm. So you got so you did some cool things. But you still don't have any water. I don't have any water. No. So here's what you do. I this never is, thought about that. It's literally this simple. You go to H E B. Which, how awesome is H E B? H E B is the best. How awesome is H E B? I like natural grocers. No, H E B so much better than natural grocers. Sorry. <laughs> where do you get? There is no natural grocer here. You got to go all the way to Temple. Temple. Yeah, but I used to live in San Antonio where we had it. Ugh, yeah. No, I'm a big H E B. They're not a sponsor. I'm just an H E B fan. But you know why I don't like H E B. No, how could you not because like I used, Well, I don't want to say I don't like it, but they've fallen out of my graces a little bit. Because what? when I was 16 years old, my first job was at HEB. You know what, what HEB was like back then? 
We had little HEB pantry foods. Remember those? Oh man! We had no. people working the parking lot, bringing carts in. That was that was a whole position, right? For sure, cart guy. We had every every lane had its own bagger, and you had carry out. So you had baggers, you had outside cart people. Oh, you're saying you the service is dwindled? Is, is that where you're going with you this? You got none of those, dude. Yeah. This you th- got to bag your own groceries. You got to take your own groceries out. You got to put your own cart up. I mean, you can. Even the cashiers are limited where you scan your own groceries. I, I don't like those things. Anyway, so, okay. look. anyway oh. I still have a big fan of HB because their products are so awesome. But um, go, to a, go to any grocery store and buy water, just gallons of water. Now, I want you to steer clear of the gallon jugs, like the milk jugs, the gallon milk jug style, because those plastics are terrible. They're Leachy. junk. They degrade easy. They, they puncture easy. They don't store well, and they don't stack well. I don't like them. Yeah. Get the rectangular clear ones with the with like a, the band handle on top. Get those, and what you want to do is you like this is the this is the bare minimum that we recommend and the and the single place to start. Two gallons per person per day for seventy two hours. Start there. Put them under your bed. Put them in the back of a closet. So Put, I got I got four of us. I got a wife. I got now you've got babies, so they're going to require less water. But still, let's be safe, right? right? Three, mm-hmm. Two gallons for four people, that's eight gallons per day. Three days, 24 gallons is what I need. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. That's exactly okay. right. Just to start. just to, And then what you have is an immediate buffer zone so that if, once again, some storm knocked the power lines down and you can't get out to HEB or you don't even want to because you don't want to deal with the mob of people. Because so, there's a couple of different things that happen when you prepare yourself. A lot of people have a stereotype that preppers are all doomsday, paranoid, schizophrenic, uh, terrible members of the society, and we're a, we're a fringe people, right? The reality is when stuff was going wrong for the last 18 months or when we had fires in California or when hurricane hit, uh-huh. tell, tell them what you were worried about when the hurricane hit, this last one. Yeah, so um, what I, me and my wife, we were like, uh you know, we're pretty prepared here, but we're kind of running low on, on, on beer, <laughs> you know, so seriously, let's, let's drive over to our local store here and, uh, let's go get some beer. Right. When, when you think ahead and prepare yourself in any way, shape or form, you're actually buying yourself some peace. You're, you're not contributing to chaos and you can actually help bring order from chaos. You're, you're in a better position to serve or bare minimum, not be a draw during chaotic times or, or stress, right? So 72 hours is the place we start. Two two gallons per person per day. Then that gives you a buffer zone of uh, like, okay, uh, we need to take a trip and go get some water. Yeah. Um, hey, we need, you know, we need, we're going to be good. Oh, the power's back on. You know, there, it, it, it's it's the right place to start. And then from there after that, now all these other gadgets that you have, keep them. Oh, they're yeah, not, for they're sure. not bad. For sure. The Berkey system is just good in general. I have life straws. Yeah, and I have the Sawyer systems. What I like about the Sawyer systems is they come with bags, mm-hmm. you know, so you can collect water and carry it right. as well. And you and and you want some way to carry water, also. Consider those five gallon buckets that you have, or five gallon bags. That's forty pounds of water each. Yeah. You want some smaller, more manageable canteens and things like to put in your pack, um, and little water pouches that that you can get from point A to point B if you're forced to hike somewhere. But generally speaking, if we're in a storm, we we'll lose power for. 72 hours for a week or whatever it is we're in our home uh so when it comes to water that's where i would start is today or you know what we do what leah does and i think you guys you guys do the individual 
Yeah, well, we small do bottles though, as well. The, the water pallets bottles. of water; those yeah. are good also to have. You want to have some of those. The you know, pallets of water. What do you mean? Not the pallets, the flats. Those uh, twenty-four bottles of water. Oh, okay. Because you know, yeah, yeah. they're like two ninety-nine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I go to the big box stores. You know, the the club stores. And yeah. yeah. I can get forty some odd bottles for like three bucks. There yeah. you go. And those are good to have too, because then you've got individual water right, stores right, as right. well. Um, and then it's the in gallon. a backpack. Mm-hmm. But but also we we use them in our daily lives as well. So, I mean, we, we just rotate through all that. Yeah. So Leah, my wife, she keeps them. a case in her van, in her van. Isaiah, I got a question for you. Yeah. So what in that type of situation, what is your beer that you want on that day? Oh man. IPA all the way. <laughs> so, uh, anything IPA, uh, it's usually going to be Hopadillo. Hopadillo, I've had that. Gross. I, I like Hopadillo, actually. Yeah, Hopadillo is awesome. Yeah. I'm the odd man out here. I hate IPAs. It's an Austin beer, is that right? It's, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's a Texas beer. Yeah. Yeah, so it's made by Carbach. Cool. That's Houston. Carbach's Houston. Okay. Right? Because they're the ones with the big H on the can for Houston Astros. Yeah, they had their Crawford Bach. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were Houston. By the way, so there's yeah. another level I've learned of uh, preparedness where once you got all your bases squared away, then you can kind of look towards investment and barter opportunities such as beer and liquor, Beer, right? liquor, ammo. 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 Yeah, but see, we're not even there yet if you're just starting out. So that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. A lot but of his these... isn't for investment. His is for survival. <laughs> his is for survival. Some that's beer because right. they were taken care of. So, so you got to know your personal needs. If you need beer to survive, <laughs> you know, you got to have that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Hey, you know, you should have had it stored, which actually at your house last week, you do have beer stored on I, your on your shelf there. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually Good. does have a supply <laughs> stored on the shelf next to his water just for having uh, which I is, learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Uh, so th- that's where we start. We started water. Okay. Then the next thing we jump to is food because you have to eat, right? Um, if you, m- most of us have blankets and pillows in the house. So if it's too cold or too warm, you know, we, we're good there. Now it does suck being without power, without AC in Houston. Holy moly! Yeah, very humid. That's yeah. why you own firearms so you can shoot yourself to feel better. <laughs> to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> if the beer ran out. If yeah. the beer ran out. If the right. beer ran out. After the beer in gin. So, so once again, that's that's you know why we, we, we break now, it down the way with food, down. you also have to keep an account. A lot of people don't think about this when you're starting out. You need to find food that you're actually going to eat. Hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, man, I'm just going to pick any food that's going to last years and years and years. But, I mean, I I found 18 cans of asparagus, you know. Gross. But, canned man, asparagus. I hate canned asparagus, you know. I'm Am I going to eat it? Yeah, cause Maybe, some, but I don't want to. Some people say, well, you'll, in a survival situation, you'll just be happy to eat whatever you can get your hands on. Possibly, but. Yeah, technically, yes. It's but, true on the last day. Yeah, Well, and if we're in a, like right now, I can go to the grocery store and buy right now all the food I want. I might as well just buy food I want. <laughs> right. Right. That's a right. good point. So you've got kind of a three-tiered system. So that's my next question is, so we've just dealt with water. You're going to go buy yourself enough gallons of water to cover for 72 hours, and then you've got some of those other ones, and then you can start working on bigger, larger, long-term water storage. Like we had Reserves, a, yeah. Yeah, we had a 2,500-gallon rainwater harvest system up where we lived on our property before. And another thing to discuss here, whether it's water, food, medical, whatever it is, 
the disruption from normal life is so hard on your psyche you don't realize it yeah so like even though we had 2500 gallons of water stored up when we we ran out of water because california was in our drought and our well ran dry even though we had that by like day we there's something magical about the day three was when it comes to this stuff by like the third day my wife was we, we were like from having to brush our teeth out of small containers to flushing the toilets by going outside in ridiculously hot weather drawing water to flush the toilets um to washing dishes from small little spigot off stored water the, those those stressors add up to an ultimate wall you read it reach a mental wall and we weren't doing laundry and by the third day of no water she's like we need to do laundry and i said well then we're gonna have to do laundry in the bathtub and she was like i can't do laundry that's not i can't i refuse to do laundry in a bathtub refuse to do it there's i can't do that it's not possible and she hit like a mental breaking point now today she would be able to do that but at that time the way it added up even though we had some provisions there were still mental hurdles to overcome and so you're trying to minimize that Right. Right. So that's why we talk about make sure you've got drinking water stored up. Make sure you've got, you know, it you you have it available to you so you don't have to go get it if you don't have to go get it. Right. So let me this is what I've taken from what you guys have told me. Sure. From from my 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 current situation as it is today. Um one, I've got water storage containers, but I have no water storage. So if things go bad today, I got no water. You have no right? water. I'm in the same position where I got to buy from the, the store. So one, I need to fill some of those containers, right? For sure, yeah. And if I remember right, two gallons per person per day, per day. For, for three days. For three days is the minimum so starting I, point. There's four in my family, so I need eight gallons per day. That's three days. It's 24 gallons is what I need to do. I can do that. I that's easy that. to do. So that's what we do. My wife already, when we go to the store every week, so we go to the store every couple of weeks, every two months to a month, or every two weeks to a month. And when she does, she just grabs an extra few. They're 88 cents. They're literally 80 cents. There's, um, so whenever we go to Costco or Sam's Club, she'll just get an extra case of, well, that's the food part, right? But um, she'll just grab some extra water and we put it in our basement. Yep. Yeah. Or so, put it under a bed. So my action steps, I need 24 gallons of water. Right. And then uh, you hinted at this. I, well, you didn't say it specifically, but I need to find out where my closest water source is. And can you get there? Because that's kind of what I'm all banking on. I, right. right now, I don't know where it is, to be honest with you. And it, can you hike there and back? Yeah. Carrying 80 gallons, 80 pounds worth. So what is it like driving there if I have yeah, gas? So right, and right, what exactly. is it like if I have to walk there? Right, right. So exactly. I need to think. So those are my two main action steps, and then I think third is kind of like a totally different one, but like where I take things up a notch is when I get that three hundred gallon vertical storage tank. Awesome, I would do that. Yes, but I would first do what first you have. I need water. Get some water. Have some water stored. Have some non-potable water stored for cleaning. You know, stuff not for drinking. No, you can boil it. You've got filtration, and then from there start storing more. Okay. Right. Okay. It's the same thing with food. Food's the exact same way. We've got basic three-tiered system. You've got your short-term, which is all the stuff in your fridge that's perishable. You've got your mid-term, which are non-perishable foods like canned foods, box foods, box macaroni and cheese. Uh, stuff maybe in your freezer might be in between those. If you have power, then you've got a freezer. will last longer, I'm saying, than what's in your fridge. And then you've got your ultra-long-term, which are going to be like dehydrated foods, things of that nature. MREs. Um, MREs. Uh, buckets of you know rice stored away, beans stored away, dried goods, 
Um, but man, just start with some basic. Start with the mid the mid section and just keep extra cans of green beans, corned mm-hmm. beef hash, um, spam if you'll eat it. If not, canned can, chicken, canned chicken and canned ham. Yeah, just canned tuna, canned tuna, canned chicken, and canned ham. I've got canned um, peaches. Right. I, I like peaches, you know. There right. you go. And, and keep a basic staple, uh, uh, you know. And another thing to do when it comes to food that we are huge proponents of is learn how to cook from scratch. Mm. Have raw ingredients that you – for instance, Leah and I, we buy flour 50 pounds at a time because we bake with it so much. And we cook from scratch more than we cook from box. But he had a good idea, too. He's like, keep some Bisquick because Bisquick is so versatile. Right. Pancakes and biscuits and breads and casseroles and things of that nature. But learn how to cook from, from the raw ingredients, from the, the rawest form is super important. And then from there, have some good midterm storage. Then you can start dealing with long-term storage. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, so the way we, we you know, I kind of started is, you know, buy extra of what you're already buying. You know, so if you're buying, say, two cans of corn, buy an extra one or buy an extra two, you know, and just keep that um, in storage, you know, and that's how you get started. You know, Uh, that's how I that's how we started. Um, That's simple and easy. I love it. So so simple. Yeah. So uh, you're not spending an absorbent amount of money at first. You know, it's just whatever you're buying now, because you know you're going to eat what you're buying now. Right. So just go ahead and buy the one extra can or maybe two, and you're you're good. Right. So let me tell you what I've got. Do it. Um, and I was totally blind in this. I had a little bit of information on the water, but with the food, I just totally... So I wanted a lot, right? I wanted a big bag. I'm thinking, so I go to Sam's Club. I go to Sam's Club and I bought, I think I bought a 50-pound bag of rice. I think I bought a uh, two 20-pound bags of beans and then some eight-pound bags of beans. So basically, I got big bags of beans and rice. Right, and here's another question I have. Whenever anybody says that to me, which I think is great, I say this. You need water. Go, where, how much water do you have? Because we all require water. Right. All of it. All so of it I, water. I got that, but I got no water. <laughs> <laughs> right. And do you have fire source? So this is a huge hole in my game right now and it's like the hole, isn't right. it? Uh if if you have no water, that's your the hole. Yeah. Right. What that sounded bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's that sounded rough. If you got no the next the hole <laughs> The next plot hole in your story, we'll call it that. Um yes, would be food, but you're about to you're about to rectify your 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 right, acute right, right. water problem. We'll call it the acute water problem. The immediate. I've got an action step. I can do it tomorrow, even right. today, if I get back soon enough. And For sure. And you're spending less than twenty bucks. Yeah, and it's easy. Yeah. So anyway, the next one is going to be. I've also got some canned foods. I've got and I've got. Um, like some boxes of cereal that we sure, don't really sure. eat, but yeah, you need milk for that. Milk, milk is perishable, but um, you don't need milk for cereal. You can eat it dry. Oh no, you're right. No, okay, that was a dumb. No, it wasn't a dumb statement. I just like cereal. <laughs> I, I love cereal, so I eat. We eat a lot of cereal, yeah, as a snack. So and milk and cereal. But actually, uh, two of my kids basically eat cereal almost without milk in it. Anyway, but um, but you're right. Yeah. So food is going to be so the how is, thing. How is the food that I have? Minus, let's say I did have. Let's say it's tomorrow. Tomorrow what do you, what I do you got have? my water storage. What do you have? I got the beans and I got the rice. And I got canned you, beans and canned rice. Okay. <laughs> and, and are you and your wife ready to just consume only that? Not ideally. Right. But we'll we'll survive, right? right. You'll survive for sure. I mean, you'll you'll survive to some. But 
Um, and, and then what more complex proteins do you have? Meats. We do got, so we do got some frozen, frozen meat. Mm-hmm. We got a, a second fridge now and electricity goes off. You lose those pretty quickly. Right. I, I, so did, you'll I eat did those get first. a generator. Okay. Well, I there you go. get a generator. So primarily for the fridges and stuff. So. Right, and that's like so. There are other fringe parts of the discussion. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Well, I could have a generator to do this." You're right; those are good right. things, and I want you to have, and I want people to buy those and have those, and and they're good. Like the, those are awesome resources to keep what you already do have. But there are some basic fundamentals that you want to like water, um, and yeah, you want to make sure that you've got three meals a day for three days, co- stored. Right, that's another place we start. Three meals per day for three full days. That's you know, the, the, I read an article a while ago called nine, nine Meals to Chaos. You know, nine meals is three, six, nine. That means inside of three days. Typically, that's when things start to really break down when we talk about grocery stores and things of that nature. Um, and so if you've got three days worth of food, you've got a great starting point. You've got whether it be soup or canned meats and canned beans and canned macaroni and cheese or, or, or something that's easily to prepare and store. Right. You know, my in my preps, I have a lot of rice and beans. You know, it's easy to store. Um, in my situation in my garage, it's it fits in my on my shelf. You know, I've got several five gallon or five gallon buckets worth of rice and beans. But realistically, I know my kids aren't going to eat just rice and beans. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I made sure to get some stuff that I know they like. You know, that's in cans. That's um, so that in a stressful situation, they've got something they can kind of, you know, they're not stressed out about. So that's a good point. Hey, yeah. I got a question. Yeah. So yeah, bring it. you mentioned you, your rice and beans is in the garage and that was after I bought it. Then I had that question. Where do I store it? Do I store it in the garage, which would be the coldest place? It's easy, right? Out of the way. But I decided, no, let's not store it in the garage. Cause we've already had moth issue, a moth issue in our uh, pantry where we basically lost half of our food and i don't know i was just thinking hot texas garage let me not store it in there so i stored it in kind of like the bottom bottom level of our pantry but it's totally full now and i want to get more food so i don't know where to put the rest of the food and i didn't know if if the garage is okay or not our garage is okay depending on make sure i mean if it's depends on how you're storing it yeah right so i have these five gallon water jugs there's these square water jugs or five gallon buckets that have good clapping lids that can become pretty airtight and things can't get in out of them like moisture moisture is your is your biggest problem right um and then maybe some insects but if moisture can if you know if moisture can't get in insects can't get in right because it's so it's so airtight it's so tight so you want it with us humidity Right, it will ruin food. It'll mold. It'll get, you know, get wet. It'll you know. It'll it'll uh, uh, ferment things like that. Right. The, the main concern with humidity is you you know down in Houston is going to be mold. Right. It's going to be mold. So For you sure. can get. Um, I've got these five gallon water jugs. They're like the blue. But I also put rice or beans in those, and and then just put the top on, and they're airtight. Or five gallon buckets with airtight snapping lids mm-hmm. are, are a good place, and then they stack well. Right. And yeah, you can put those in the garage. So you sure. open the plastic bag that they're in and then pour them in your... Right. Or, okay. or yeah, or I think some... I've seen people just put... Now, another thing you can do is, um, like, I vacuum seal a lot of stuff. We own a vacuum sealer. We've I've found that vacuum sealer is good for all kinds of crazy things. So we just have it as part of our family, one of our family tools. And we vacuum seal 
a lot of stuff, you know, from freezed goods to paper, like sensitive documents to cash that go in our emergency boxes, you know, and things like that. So another thing you can do is vacuum seal it. And they make these little, you know, those silicone tabs. And there's another way to store it. And you put that in a five-gallon bucket. But if, if you're storing it in, you know, the five-gallon containers, you'll want to check on them periodically. And and that goes, too, for canned goods. They, they only have a one- to two-year shelf life. So you're going to want to cycle through them. Right. Um, and they make these shelves. We'll put them in the, in the link below. We've seen them. They're these little racks that, you know, when we, we all put our cans in the in the shelf we just stack them you know you just put them in stand them up well they make them sideways so that they're like soda pop can things and you can actually use the entire top to bottom right right those are really cool yeah and so if if you're buying extras of what you're already buying you know you know you're going to be cycling through them and everybody can do that there's right really nothing you got to learn or you can't anybody get confused can do it. with that there you can go online and buy the silicone you know, like oxygen tap packets on amazon that. and put those in there with it to help keep moisture out is another way you can do it um there you know and there so, are let me ask you can, yeah. so i take a five gallon my five gallon coleman water storage container and i could pour all my rice bag five gallons of rice in there can i put that oxygen tab directly in there Sure, right on top. Okay. Another thing I've done in the past as well um, is in those five-gallon ones, you know, the square ones, and I've got a little thing is um, because it has a smaller port, um, in order to kill for very long-term storage, and this is for very long-term storage. We don't do this for medium. And by medium, I mean I've got a 20-pound bag, 25-pound bag of rice right now that we pull from and we keep one behind it. And it, we just cycle through that as our normal rice consumption, right? So at any given time, we've got almost 30 pounds of rice, right? And then – once we break into the next one, we buy another fifty, you know, whatever twenty pound bag of rice. So we do it that way. Is another nothing's way wasted. It. Nothing's wasted. But for very long term storage, um, I take uh, I put the rice in the bucket, and I take a uh, a, a chunk of uh, of dry ice. You know, dry ice. You buy yeah. store dry ice. Yeah. And you put the dry ice in there, and then you put the lid on and tape it. That dry ice, the chemicals in there, I, I can't remember exactly, will kill any bacteria and any buggies and stuff that are in there. And and then it just ends up off and you don't have a problem. And then you can store it for a very long time. That's for a very cool. long time. I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do that. Um, we don't have as much ultra, ultra long-term food storage, given that at any given moment, if something were to happen, we've got about a month and a half to two yeah. months worth of regular, like I said, I've got a... Pe- bag of rice behind a i've got behind the rice i'm using now i've got five gallons of canola oil behind the or excuse me two gallons of canola oil behind the one i'm using now i've got um you know i've got a 50 pound sack of flour behind the one we're in now that goes we open the second one then we replenish what's behind it right so and that's called cycling yeah yeah. you're gonna you're it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cycling, <laughs> rotating. You know, you're going to keeping um, an extra amount on hand, and essentially, what you're doing is just just getting ahead of what you. Excuse me. You're getting ahead of your already known usage, right? I if mean, you, it's useful also because you know, what if you lose your job? You know, right? Mm-hmm. You've not even in an emergency situation like weather related, but what if you lose your job Are and you're downsized? having a hard? Yeah. What What if you're having a hard time finding a job? You know, um, you still got food on hand. Right. You but know. not only that, our food prices going down or going up? Oh, everything's going up. It so, all will continue to rise. So you're you're good either way. Right. right. For sure. And I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll I'll join you guys right back in 1 minute. Okay, sounds pretty good. I'm I'm down. Don't make fun of me while I'm gone. We already have. <laughs> we already will. So, I what I'm really digging Isaiah about is like him bringing up questions that 
don't get addressed or thought of right. on the advanced prepper no, in the advanced prepper community. Yeah. Now I do want to say to be diplomatic. I watch we watch lots of preparedness stuff, a lot of preparedness stuff, right? Yeah. And um, lots of different channels. In fact, I want to do a whole episode on in people who I watch and I trust and who I influence me. And they're across the spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, and they're all really, really good from far advanced. But I still, like you said, a lot of a lot of them just don't break it down into simple terms. So, um, yeah, we were talking about this just today, actually, before we started podcasting. On, you know, uh, a lot of people will give a instructions on how to do something, but only in two steps and leave a lot out, you know, a lot because they assume, you know, that, uh, everybody knows how to fill in those gaps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, yes, they, they assume how to fill in the gaps. And another thing is you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't really know what questions that you like. If you've never been in the vernacular, you've never been part of the community, you've never done anything. And you might've never heard the word, the term EDC. Right. What's EDC? I, so somebody else might just you rattle off EDC like everybody knows it, and not everybody knows it. Right. right? Or even ICE. Or ICE in yeah. case of emergency. Right. ICE. Right. We, I, we might say it, but I always want to explain it to people because I can't assume that everybody knows what a ferocium rod is or ferro rod. I can't assume that. Right. You know. Yep. I can't assume everybody knows what what he just said. What cycling is. Right. You know. I can't. Oh, just do this, and I. I it would drives me up the wall when I research like how to edit videos and the edit because I'm so not computer savvy when they start talking about things and I have no earthly idea even the terminology they're using so I don't learn anything right I mean you've got situations where people are preparing for say uh, you know total collapse of the government and they're uh, prepping on ammo weapons armor buying, buying property buying property but then a hurricane comes through and they're like oh man well, uh, what, do I, what do I do uh <laughs> Exactly. So I don't uh, have any water, but I've got I've got a bug out bag. Right. Absolutely. Well, I can't bug out because there's a tornado outside. Yeah. You or, know, or, or a hurricane. The, or the roads are torn up or there's, you know, trees down across all major roads, you know. And so, um, yeah. Wow. So good. So good. Well, you know what? Well, when it comes back in, we might have need to make the, a part two of this because it's it's we're coming in on an hour now. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get out of the property. So um, we might need to make a part two of this when he comes back in. Yeah, we'll, totally. We'll talk about that. But what we do want to talk about also right now, we're, we're going to go. We're, we'll we'll keep having a, a little bit more conversation with him right now. We'll go a little longer for everybody because uh, this is my podcast and our podcast, and we get to decide how long it goes. And if you want to listen, you get to keep on uh, listening. And if not, there's Bonus a pause material. Button. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> there you go. But we <laughs> might yeah we might need to make a part two of this. But I do want to say that. In line with a lot of things we're talking about is, you know, I asked, hey, so how are you going to start a fire? Right. I have gone through so many fire starters, like different style fire. And by fire starter, I mean not an ignition source, not a spark, but something that burns a flame consistently for a small period of time so you can build a fire. Right. And it's it's like with everything. There's so many options. Oh, my right? gosh. It's There's so many options. So many options. And, and how do you know which one's the best? You know, it's oh. just... I know which one's the best so far because I've used a ton of them. Right. Hey, the most important thing for a beginner to know is how to rub two wooden sticks together <laughs> and make a fire, right? That's step one. If you don't know how to do that, then you can't survive anywhere. Right. You, you exactly. Can't. But what we're getting at here is I have found a fire starter that we put in our in case of emergency boxes, 
list in the link below. Just go down there if you want an emergency checklist. They've really made it easy. Right. This company is called Blackbeard Firestarters. Now, I have... I actually not have owned. I own right now many different styles of fire starters that I keep in my hunting pack, that I keep in my vehicle, uh, that I keep even you, on my you, person. You've done a video on one. I uh, did do a video on a homemade one. On oh, yeah, we did our yeah. homemade fire yep. starters, Absolutely. and we're going to be doing a review on Blackbeard, which is why I like it. And I reached out to them, and they were really good to us, and they allowed us to have um, an affiliate link. But but what I wanted, so the affiliate link gives you ten percent off Blackbeard fire starters. Now I've owned. The little ceramic style and other putties, and I'm gonna do a head-to-head shootout of all these. I probably own ten different kinds of, you know, fire building apparatus. Uh, this Blackbeard is awesome stuff. So I, I I can't recommend it more. I'm putting it in in most everything we have to help me build fires for when I'm hunting or camping, um, or if we just need to, or even when I'm cooking because I smoke meat a lot and I get, you know, I use the charcoal and build a fire for that. Yeah, I and mean so, it's, it's lightweight. Super lightweight. It doesn't take a lot of room. It's waterproof. It's waterproof. And easy to use. Absolutely easy to use. So, And it's called Blackbeard Fire Starters. And if you click the link below and put in the uh, coupon code PREPARED, you're going to get extra 10% off your order. Why is it awesome? Why do I need it? Um, I just told you. Why. <laughs> awesome. why, why. So let me ask you a newbie question. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Does it make a fire or does it keep a fire going or what? So... So you, when you've got... Can I make a fire with it? You can build yeah. a fire with it. It's part build of the fire. fire building process. Okay. You need some type of ignition source. Okay. Okay. And then... Such as a lighter. Such as a lighter, which I carry on my person at at all times, a Bic lighter. All times. I have one in my truck. There's one in my backpack. There's one in my pocket. And I'm talking Bic. Bic lighters. Not the zip... Not the cheapo ones not any lighters can be better than nothing but the big right. lighters i find are the most dependable okay so you need an ignition source and from there you need a small flame and then the small flame you'll then build to a larger fire okay so so you need fuel for that but there in inclement weather or in different scenarios you want to maximize your sparks so you're not just creating a ton of sparks for no reason and then you want something that's going to have a constant small fire source for an amount of time to then build upon Okay, so this Blackbeard fire starter is awesome for that. Go to the link below and do that. But for you, an ignition source and consistent flame all in one is a less than one ounce Bic lighter. They, Bic says they're good for four thousand lights. They're so, they're self contained. They're super light. So we, we everybody should have a Bic lighter on them at all times. Just keep it in your pocket. And I know this. We know that Bic lighters work the best, barring um, having like Zippos. But Zippos. You know, are cumbersome because you've got to have flints and wicks, and there's all, and, and you have to refill them. They're not for beginners. No, they're not. And we smoked forever. Right. We've actually we were smokers for a long, 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 long time. So we've gone through all the lighters. The Bic lighter is the most. It's just easy to use. Hey, so so in my situation, I got nothing in in this camp. Right. What do I need? I need a Bic. Always just. Bu- and I need a go to the store and spend black, a dollar. Blackbeard. Blackbeard fire starter. I need a Bic. I need a Blackbeard fire starter. Is you need to learn else? how to build a fire, don't you? And I need knowledge. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Or is there any other tool I need? I mean, there, well, okay. Need is a subjective term. Uh-huh. Okay. Need is a subjective term. You can build a fire from two pieces of wood, right? But it's really difficult, and do you know how to do it? So um, there are other ways to ignite a fire starting source which is one's called a ferocium rod or ferro rod and it, it creates really hot sparks right uh, <clears throat> not for beginners well i mean medium 
intermediate. I, I would say any beginner can pick up a ferro rod and learn how to use it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as easy as a big lighter, but right, it's not it's as similar. easy and convenient as big lighter, but it, it's not all that dissimilar to, and it's something people should have part of the repertoire after they have a big lighter. Gotcha. Right. Um, and then, I mean, you could have a torch on you if you wanted to, you know, I mean, you depends on how big you want to go with it, uh, but some precursory understanding of how to build a fire small, cause you build fires from small flame up, right? Okay. From small ignition sources up. And so having a big lighter and having some consistent waterproof way to start a fire, cause me and Caleb used to do survival things out on our property. And it, the, the, I'd say the most challenging part of it was trying to get fire going in the rain. It's next to impo- it feels next to impossible. I saw that from the show alone. Oh god, it's so and it's demoralizing. Right. Because so that the Blackbeard firebox, fi- firebox, fire starter, mm-hmm. fire starter. Sorry, that would be hugely valuable if it's waterproof. It is water. Apparently, it is. We're going to do a full review on it, but yeah, test it, it out. Yeah, and we're going to we'll, we'll have a video on that as well. Um, but yes, um, I, I, I've used it, but I haven't tested its waterproofness yet. But I'm going to. Um, anyway, so go go check that out. But as far as building a fire and all that, that's that's a good. That's just part of um, kind of being outdoorsy. And I always recommend people become outdoorsy, even if they're not to some degree, just so that you're out of your comfort zone. If you're used to sleeping in the same bed in the rural, rural or not rural, but uh, suburban America, and you don't take yourself out of your comfort zone, how will you ever know what it feels like to be out of your comfort zone? Well, I mean, we, we go tent camping and there's times that we go cabin camping, right? And I mean, one of the number one things the kids want to do is eat s'mores yeah yeah Yeah, come on every time we go camping whether it's a cabin or a tent the kids are like when are the s'mores coming out right and so i mean you got to build a fire to be able to get some s'mores going so i mean right and and here's something else i keep a, a lighter in my pocket a big lighter in my pocket one in my truck one in my backpack there's three or four in cabinets in our kitchen okay in our kitchen uh, because our kitchen runs off natural gas and propane, um, at any given moment, if we don't have power, I still have a stove. So back to my scenario, I got yeah. I got the bags of beans and rice, but I don't have the water and I don't have the light. I got I need both of those, right? I need a fire to boil that water for the beans and the rice. Sure. And I need the yeah. water for the beans and the rice. So I, I for got sure. some holes in my game. Yeah. So once again, sometimes we can rest on our laurels. We're like, well, I got rice now. Well, can you cook your rice? Well, yeah, I just start up the stove. Do you have an electric stove or you got a gas stove? See, we don't even think those questions. We don't think right. about that. I got rice. I got rice. How are you going to cook it? Never thought about that. Right. So do you have a camp stove that runs off those little propane things? I bought, a, I bought a little, I think it's called a firebox. Have you heard okay. of that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was maybe a good idea because you can put, you know, there's a bunch of woods by, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're all around here. So I figured you could always find wood instead of running out of propane or whatever it is. Yeah, there's some things that we always think that we'll always be able to find or that we think we'll always be able to find. You know, there's a lot of preppers out there who are like, well, I'm just going to hunt. Well, yeah. Good luck with that because animals seem to have a sixth sense around things. And I've been hunting for 15 years. And I've got to say, I've eaten tag soup before. Oh, yeah. It's not always a done deal. You don't always get <laughs> What is animal. tag soup? Tag soup means you uh, went out and spent a bunch of money on deer and animal tags and you've got nothing to cook except for those tags. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Isn't that I, crazy how you got to buy the tags before you even – I don't think yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, how, that's how they manage the uh, the game, which Texas does a great job at managing game, by the way. But, um, and Through I get money? Such, and I get – yeah, uh, for money, for small amounts of money. But they, they do a great job at their management system, Definitely. and then their money goes back into – 
So for instance, the, the, the licenses here are really cheap and they go to directly fund uh, conservation. Pri- conservation and private property owners who allow people to hunt on their property. So it's kind of cool in that way, whereas California is just nonsense trying to hunt in California. But um, sorry, Californians, you're going to be the butt of m- almost every joke because we lived there for a long time. And yeah, yeah, I- I'm sorry for Cal- feel sorry for Californians. But anyway, uh, lo- love Californians, but Californians politics can kiss my booty uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, those are things to think about, like to say, "Oh, I've got food," and then I'm going to ask you, well, "Awesome, how are you going to cook it? Are you able? To, have you ever cooked on open fire before? Never, never. So you you might need to go buy. And uh, there are pragmatic ways to fix that. Go to Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot and buy one of those awesome little square fire pits that go in your backyard, mm-hmm. and learn how to build a fire and and go through the motions of not getting it right and then have just a family fire outing in your backyard during the fall because there's nothing nicer than and then you you can do s'mores yeah and then when you're doing that the next time you do it say hey let's cook some hot dogs out here with the with with a stick or or you can go to walmart and buy the 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 long telescoping hot dog things and then all of a sudden you're now in the beginning phases of training yourself how to cook on open flame it's it's and it's fun it's a lot of fun. Right, right. Absolutely. So we were just talking while you were out there using the restroom that we're going to probably have to make this a two-parter because this is running a little long. Okay. So we t- we covered water and holes in your water game. We well, covered some food and holes in your food game. Mm-hmm. While we're talking, we covered maybe building a fire and doing some. I got like holes that. in my fire game. Got holes in some of your fire. And game. they're all kind of interrelated, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. For sure they are. It's still, it, you're still going to start with water, start with food because right now as it is, Generally speaking, you, your stove works, right? General and and generally speaking, you have water stored. And if not, it's only going to last for a few days. So you can eat canned food right out of the can, right? You know, if you don't want to heat it up on something, you can eat canned soup right out of the can. So right. you can do that for a few days. But then we start thinking longer term. But for the very beginner, don't don't think. And, and here's another thing. Here's here's something I'm going to say to you. I've said to you. I think i always have this is something i have to tell myself never compare your now to somebody else's journey right never compare where you're at your beginning to somebody else's middle right because you're going to tie your head knots doing that mm-hmm. worry about what you're doing and where you are be oh not worry but be okay with where you are in your journey and focus on that not worry but focus on that stop comparing the fact that i don't you know once again when we lived out on property i had 10, 10 kilowatt solar system Full battery backup, twenty five hundred gallon rainwater system with irrigation, fifty chickens. We that sounds tank. cool, right? But don't compare where you are now to that. It took us how many years to get there, yeah. and how much money right. and time? It, you know, it was that was ten years in the making when, and then we sold that, right? Um, but check this out from my angle. So I've spent a considerable amount of money uh, in all this preparedness stuff, and I'm. It's still kind of useless. It's still kind of useless. Kinda I'm basically. I, I, I've been sleeping a lot better yeah. after having these things. But They're now after out. this, I'm still at zero because I have no water. And all my food is dependent upon water except for the couple of canned beans and stuff that I have that's going to run out quickly. So I have no water, which means I basically all that food that I think I have, I don't actually have. And then as far as my fire game for boiling that water or heating up the rice and beans i 
got nothing. I, yeah. I've, I've almost got a big goose egg, even though I've spent, I've got a spreadsheet of everything I've spent and everything I have. Cause I realize this is an endless game. And instead of looking through the crevices in the closet, you know, I can see what I have on a spreadsheet, but I've, you know, I've probably spent over a thousand dollars and I've got several different things in several different categories, but I've got almost a goose egg. Yeah, and but what you do have now is some of the knowledge to go rectify it. And what's cool is all of these things are actually the easiest place to start, which is why we start there. They're actually pretty easy to rectify right now while everything's going good. So just, yeah. you know. But that's the need for knowledge and help for somebody Absolutely. in my camp. Yeah, so we've covered those. You're, you're 100% right, which is why Isaiah and I are doing what we're doing. You know, we're trying, and we're going to have you back on because we need to do a two-parter. So we're going to have to do this again at some point. But... Um, because we do want to go over things like personal defense, making sure your, your, your house is covered. You've got four walls and a roof and what to do if something happens. No different than what we yeah, just had all this. Yeah, you're going to bug in, bug out. You're going to bug in, bug out. Do you have to evacuate evacuation routes? But um, you right now have some actionable steps you can take over this next week or two. Easy ones, thankfully. Very easy ones and actually reasonably inexpensive right. ones. Right, relatively. Like, what, 25 bucks? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we talk about all of those things, you're spending 100 bucks. All of this. Right, between fire starters and making sure you've got a small, you know, even, like I said, just a small single camp burner camp stove, you know, that with a, do you know, propane doesn't go bad. You can store propane indefinitely. Um, and it just, the stink part of it goes bad. But propane yeah. stores indefinitely. So if you buy those little camping ones with a little Coleman camp stove, all of a sudden you now have a, you, like, you, if your regular stove isn't working, you can cook and boil water. You've got water, you've got some food. Next thing we want to go over to is medical. Make sure that you're, you, which is going to include hygiene. Okay, medical and hygiene are, are included. So, why don't we end it there? We're at an hour right now. Hey, and just, just as a preparation for that one, if yes. you guys have me back, that will be an interesting one. I'm type one diabetic, so I've actually yeah. before my preparedness journey, I've been, I have a little mini fridge in my garage stored with insulin because I am insulin dependent. Okay, so. so my one of my best you got to know your situation for your personal health journey mm-hmm. yep. fully insulin dependent as well i'm not and isaiah but you uh-huh. are so all of a sudden you just change the dynamic of the conversation because you actually have a more acute issue than just than water although everybody has the acute issue of water you have a, a like we'll just say a branching out of one um which is insulin and that insulin needs to stay refrigerated right so right and I know they have different types of, and, and we need to get into that too, because um, I carry lots of stuff in all of my gear catered toward my buddy Wayne, who's insulin dependent. Um, and we've actually had to hike out of the woods because we broke down in the middle of nowhere. And so I keep, um, you know, like sugar tablets and I, I keep, I keep a, a, an array of different things. He keeps insulin at my house as well. The long, the long release insulin uh-huh. or something like that um at our house as well so that if if he's forced away Smart from idea. his home you know so it, we keep it in our refrigerator for him and he cycles it through every once in a while so there's never a time and then i'm I, so that's another thing to consider as well for sure that is acute for you but for the rest of us isn't necessarily a big deal yeah. so um, go check out Blackbeard Firestarters. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions that like this brought some ideas to you that you want us to discuss with Brett, um, or because my my sister in law said this because she's in your boat, she's just learning too, um, and she's like, I don't know what I don't know. Like, how do I even know what to ask? I don't know what I don't know. And so, if this helped at all, you form any questions or got your curiosity peaked, or while we're talking, you want to be part of the conversation. You're like, yeah, but what about this? Email us. Yeah, email us, um, leave a comment on our Facebook page, 
Yeah, Isaiah Instagram. takes care of all of our Facebook page. Um, go, it's a Facebook group, right? No, it's an actual page. So, oh, a Facebook page. Uh, it's a Facebook page. It's reasonably prepared. Um, just go ahead and like it and follow, and um, we release a lot of information on that page. And um, I right. love that name. Yeah. Reasonably prepared? I love it. Yeah, a lot of people seem to like it because it's, you know, it's not like, I don't know. Totally. It's practical and realistic yeah. for people yeah, for like sure. me, you know? Yeah, um, but please ask questions. If you have anything that you have questions on, just ask in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave a comment on uh, on the YouTube. On YouTube, leave comments below. Okay, so this will be on YouTube, and this will be on all the podcast directories. Leave comments asking. You can email us at reasonablyprepared at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you like what we do, and you want, you know, we're going to be putting behind-the-scenes footage and all kinds of other stuff on Patreon. Uh, Patreon members are also going to get um, the video versions of the podcast released to them before. Right, one day early, right? Uh, no, it's Tuesday, Wednesday. They're three days early. Three days early. It's three days early. Nice. Um, so, we're, we're, you know, so... You, you can listen to the podcast, but if you want to see the podcast, uh, three days early, it's going to go up on Patreon. And so uh, it's a $3 tier, $3 a month, and you can support the channel and support all the content that we make because this costs a lot of money. We're trying to do the best we can for people. So everyone be blessed. We're going to have Brett back on here very, very soon to continue this conversation because it's a bigger conversation than right. we can fit inside of an hour podcast. I'm going to take those steps, by the way. So I'm going to come back here and... Not yeah, gonna be naked anymore. It, well, once you take them, then <laughs> hopefully we'll have. Well, what is the next one? What is the next one? And that's, that's how right. we progress. Yeah, uh, and we start there. So if you're just starting your preparedness journey, thank you for tuning in. Thank you. I keep saying tuning in. This is not radio. <laughs> thank you for listening. Just, yeah, just go with. Thank it. you for being awesome. We hope we help, and we hope we can uh, we can serve in any way. Uh, and, our, and thank you, Brett, for coming on. Dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Me. We're going to go uh, make some uh, video content and do some shooting today. Yeah. Which and I got fun. some work to do with the water. Yes, do it. All right. So just because you're prepared does not mean you're paranoid. Awesome. Be blessed. Have a great day, everybody. Uh-huh.